Welcome back to another episode of Across the Pylon. I'm your host, Brandon Pockers, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Kane and Zach Maddock. Guys, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday morning? What's going on? I'm ready to talk some football. Maddock, how what are up, you? guys? <laughs> Can't wait to keep the season going. Preseason's hopefully going to be over sooner than later, and we can get to the fun stuff. It seems that Maddox is not quite awake. And so for people that are awake, go check out our social media pages. We are on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at the name of the show across the pylon. So you'll find all our content there, especially today. There will be a TikTok up. So go like that, go share that. And we're going to keep the content rolling all the way through the regular season and the off season. So stick with us and you'll be sure to enjoy it. But on that note, it's time to dive into our first topic of the day. And in this time of the football season where it's training camps and preseason, the only thing to really talk about is preseason week one. And with that being said, there were some good things going on in the preseason that we definitely need to talk about. And I think it really starts with the rookie quarterbacks and in Jordan Love's case, a guy who didn't really get a preseason in his rookie season. So with that being said, I think that the main guy that really popped because of how long he played in the game was Justin Fields. Justin Fields had two touchdowns, one rushing, one passing, and overall looked really comfortable within the pocket, maneuvering the pocket. Yeah, he made some mistakes, but – you're going to expect that out of a rookie. And overall, I'm just, I was impressed with how comfortable he looked and the, the throws he was making and how strong his first live NFL game action looked when a lot of people throughout the draft process, I really disagreed with these people. They thought he wouldn't be able to adapt right away and really needed a true year on the bench before he could take over the job. Obviously, the Bears right now feel the same way, but I don't think they can really hold him off the field much longer. And Austin, Zach, I want to ask you guys this. I don't know how much of fields you watched this weekend, but did, did you guys really see the same things I was seeing? Did you see a guy that looked way more comfortable in an NFL based offense where a lot of people thought he wouldn't look this good right away. Uh, yeah, I watched about most of the time he was in. I think I started that game and watched till the first half was over probably. He looked really good. Um, he ran one in two. That's like something that comes with him is the mobile piece. Um, and I think for the Bears, like you, you have to feel like after that, if he performs like that the rest of the preseason – He's your guy on week one because you've struggled at the quarterback position. You messed up with Trubisky and you got Andy Dalton, but I think as a Bears fan, you want to see Justin Fields behind center week one. I mean, what? That game was at what? Like two o'clock on a Saturday, was it? Something like that. (laughs) There was literally nothing else on, so I turned it on and actually watched a little bit. 
And in truth, I thought he looked good. He reminded me a lot of exactly what Kyler Murray looks like now. And I think those two are very good comparisons of each other with the way they um, take snaps, the way they use their legs, the way they throw the football, both being undersized quarterbacks. I think it seemed like the team was like more into it when Justin Fields was on. The, the linemen were like, this is the guy I want to be protecting the entire season. I think Andy Dalton's still a fine quarterback, but I mean, Andy Dalton's a veteran. He's been in the league a long time, and he's really never done anything spectacular. You know what you're going to get out of him, and you're not going to get much more. I think that if I'm a Bears fan, I want Justin Fields. If I'm the Bears coaches, I should be saying, I think Fields is our guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's a good segue because if you if you are the Bears, how long can you keep Justin Fields out of that QB one spot? I mean, Andy Dalton's fine. He's a good veteran. But I think at this point of his career, he's better as a backup. And I think that with explosive weapons like Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, a guy like Cole Komet coming into his own, having – a guy with Justin Fields' skill level that can elevate the entire offense. I mean, Maddox, Austin, like you guys said, if he performs to that same capability, there's no way Chicago can keep him off the field. Actually, I want to interject because if any Dolls is a starter, there is only one way that that Justin Fields stays off the field is if the Bears are winning. Like, Andy Dalton could put some – something together and if the bears are winning and rolling you just you don't i even though justin fields might be looking better if a team is winning you don't switch out a winning quarterback for an unproven rookie Dalton's just a great guy to have behind like the scenes with justin fields i feel like i think Dalton's a good guy to teach him the way of the nfl but i think week one definitely if justin fields keeps it up you you put him out there i mean you think about it, right? Chicago's defense is pretty stellar. They've been really good the past few seasons. If you roll Dalton out there, I mean, I feel like you're just capping your ceiling as a team. Obviously, with Fields, there's the potential for a lower floor, but Justin Fields has the talent to win games on his own, both on the ground and through the air. And if Chicago's defense is the same as it's been for the past few seasons, that could elevate this team to possibly a playoff contender or at least challenging for a wild card spot. So, I mean, really my heart of hearts, I think that Fields, if he continues to perform this way and doesn't show signs of, oh, he's really a rookie, he may need some more time to sit behind Dalton. If his play keeps improving over these next two preseason games, I really don't see how he's not on the field if not in week one, then by at least week four. I mean, the Bears' biggest problem for four or five years has been the fact is they don't put up enough points per game. They lost in the round, in the playoffs to the Eagles two years ago when their defense only gave up 16 points. Like, if the Bears could start putting up points, they could actually be a serious problem in the NFL. Because as good as the Packers, as good as the Bears' defense is, it's still got to go up against Aaron Rodgers twice a year. And the Packers' defense isn't great, but if the Packers' defense only get up twenty to the Bear, to the Bears' offense, that's could be the division. That could be the difference in the division right there. One hundred percent, right there. And speaking of rookie quarterbacks, 
Another guy that really stuck out to me and another guy that's in a quote-unquote quarterback competition that isn't really a quarterback competition, according to his head coach, is Trey Lance. And I feel like the whole Trey Lance situation is a little bit different than the Garoppolo situation in a few ways. One, Lance is coming from a school in North Dakota State where it's a – it's an expected adjustment period. It's expected that it's going to take some time for him to learn the speed of the NFL game. It's also different because Lance has way more of a ceiling right away and has shown the talent and expectation that he's going to challenge for the spot, I feel like, a little earlier than everyone thought Fields would. And the, the third really major factor is that Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think, is as good of a quarterback as Andy Dalton was when they're both playing. Dalton is more of a guy that, yeah, while he can quote-unquote be a game manager at times, he has won games for the Bengals. He did lead the Bengals to playoff games before. Garoppolo, while he did perform well with San Francisco and – really perform well with New England in a short time there, he really wrote on the backs of a good offensive scheme and especially a guy in Kyle Shanahan that knows how to craft an offense and has a very explosive zone run scheme. It's not really putting too much on the quarterback's back. And Garoppolo isn't a guy that really fits what Shanahan wants. Shanahan really wants a mobile quarterback, a guy that can really execute the play action and really sell that running game so we can hit the play action passes over the top. And in this first preseason action, Trey Lance unleashed an absolute bomb for his first touchdown. And while he wasn't really all that great outside of that, he he showed that big play capability that, Honestly, Garoppolo doesn't have. And this is on top of a bunch of training camp reports saying that Trey Lance has looked unbelievable and that he's already working in with the first team when there isn't a quote-unquote quarterback competition. So, Austin, Zach, is this another case where Lance could usurp Garoppolo rather quickly? Or is this another situation where Garoppolo is going to easily be the starter, kind of like everyone expects Dalton to be in Chicago, and Lance is going to have to sit for an extended time period this season? I think going into it, as of right now, the way they're talking about it and everything, Jimmy G will be the guy on week one. But I do think there is a possible short leash there depending on how Trey Lance develops the rest of the preseason. So, I mean, I like the way Lance played this weekend. As you said, he really had that one big play, and you wish you kind of saw more from him. I wish he kind of would have ran the ball once. (laughs) Would have been cool. But other than that, I think Jimmy G's the guy going in, and you see how he does and go from there. Are we just seeming to forget that Jimmy G was in a, leading a team to a Super Bowl two years ago? Like he got the 49ers to the quarterback. I know he wasn't the entire team, but 
He was the starting quarterback on a team that got to a Super Bowl. Obviously, didn't have the greatest performance in that Super Bowl, but they got there with him. And obviously, last year, the entire 49ers team couldn't stay healthy. But that enti- almost the entire team that was there two years ago is kind of running it back with obviously some minor changes. But you're looking at a team that is Super Bowl capable from week one with a quarterback that did it once. I feel like they're I feel like they basically saw what Jimmy G wasn't last year and they almost pulled the trigger too quickly. Trey Lance is a is going to be a star of the NFL one day. It could be week seven or it could be three years from now. I think that Jimmy G's been a little on unfairly mistreated, honestly. And while while I do agree with you that Garoppolo did show how capable he is as a quarterback, I'll I'll put it like that. I think we got to remember how much higher Trey Lance's ceiling is, and and it goes back to the Fields discussion a little bit, where yeah, Garoppolo is a good quarterback and. Yes, he could win you some games, but this offense could go to an entirely new stratosphere with a guy that has as much arm talent, uh, athletic ability, rushing talent as Trey Lance. I mean, I was I was a huge, huge fan of Trey Lance before he got drafted. No, I didn't want him to go to the Jets because I felt like he was a little bit of a of a I don't want to say project, but I feel like he needed to sit for a team that could actually afford it. And the 49ers are that team. But if if Lance is showing the ability that he may be able to handle the offense from a day one point where when he got drafted, no one thought he would. And his ceiling is that much higher than Garoppolo's. I feel like the 49ers have the ability to take that chance because the Kyle Shanahan scheme doesn't put that much on the quarterback's shoulders. I mean, if you think about it, the reason Garoppolo is able to have success is because the running game was so effective. So once you work that running game in, the play-action pass is very easy for a quarterback to make one, maybe two reads at most. I feel like a guy like Lance could easily do that while also adding – his own flavor to it with his athletic ability and movement in the pocket. Garoppolo is a borderline statue back there. So I th- essentially, I think it boils down to the fact that the 49ers need to decide, is it worth it to have the lower ceiling guy and still probably win some games or put the higher ceiling rookie that has all the talent in the world out there who would elevate the offense to new heights, but have maybe a little bit lower of a floor. It's a really interesting question to ask yourself. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be one of those things that we were saying with Dalton. If Garoppolo goes in there and he's winning, then sure, keep him in. If he's not winning, why just give Lance the shot? You don't know what he's – like, take the chance. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how those two quarterbacks in quote-unquote non-competitions are playing – themselves into possibly a quarterback competition now and the third one I really wanted to touch on and this is the one guy that really isn't in a quarterback competition unless you want to somehow wrongly say that Mike White or James Morgan are (laughs) a real threat to this guy 
Uh, Zach Wilson looked really good. And yes, the stat line said he was only six of nine for like 64 yards. But if you really look at it, Wilson had two drives in this game. He had a great run game. This is another offense based on that Shanahan type zone run scheme that really wants to establish the run and build the play action pass off of that. Wilson looked decisive. He had a quick release. He was hitting these throws outside the numbers that, quite honestly, I haven't seen a Jets quarterback do in quite a bit. He was going through his progressions. He didn't really show the movement or the ability to play outside the offense yet, which actually excites me in a way because it seems like he's really focusing on playing within the the offense and is going to be able to really show that playmaking ability that, wrong or not, got him a comparison to Aaron Rodgers with how he plays outside the offensive scheme. So it's been really cool to see a Jets quarterback showing so much promise off the jump. And I I just personally hope that he continues to build off this game, continues to improve himself. It sounds like he has the work ethic of really those superstar level quarterbacks. He continuously asks the defensive coordinators, Robert Sala also, what defense looks like in the NFL, what he should look for, how they all work. So that work, I think, combined with his performance already, it actually has me very excited for the type of season Zach Wilson could be primed for. And Austin, Zach, I know you guys aren't big Jets fans, but you have seen Wilson play. You have seen how he looks in a practice. Are, are your guys' reactions similar to mine, or are you guys a little bit more tempered or on the more pessimistic side? Yeah, it's one of those things that reminds you how much you hate the preseason and want the regular season to get here because you want to see more, like I said, with Lance. Like, I could watch Zach Wilson play all day. I'm ready for it in the regular season. Like, I just I just want to see more of it. How about you, Matic? Sorry. All right. So, basically, I think that I'm not a huge fan of preseason because you don't get everyone there. And you can't make assumptions on players because we've seen guys in preseason come out and look great. Absolutely fantastic. Then the lights come on. It's week one. And they suck. We're seeing ghosts. <laughs> Little shout out to Sam Darnold. Doesn't hate it. But, I mean, the preseason is the preseason. You've got sometimes guys in there that are third string, 74th man on the roster going up against the first string corner. Like, it just doesn't work sometimes. And I don't think you can truly evaluate any player, quarterback, receiver, lineman, until it's actually week one because some guys have bad camps but are better in game scenarios. They just don't look as good in drills, and that's what gets them cut. I think that in terms of all the quarterback battles and everything – Preseasons, preseason starters go for maybe eight minutes and they know they're just doing a little bit to stay warm for the first game of season. There are quarterbacks in battles, and I just don't think that you can ever truly make a full decision in the preseason games because you could be at week three and go, oh, the starter that we had pinpointed in has sucked the first three weeks. Now what the hell do we do? I think you have a bit of a good point there because while – For example, Wilson, both his drives came against the 
quote-unquote first-team Giants defense, which it mainly was, it's still with so much vanilla coverage and just vanilla offense and just scripted plays that are designed to not show so much because it's not smart on any team's part to truly show what their offense or defense is going to look like in their regular season. Why is that? That's going to give your opponents a leg up on how to prepare for you, how to really stop you before the, the real lights come on, the real games even start. And that's why you barely see the starters. And the preseason is really designed more for these back-of-the-end roster types, these rookies to prove themselves and for the more guys on the, the roster bubble to really show that they belong in the NFL. But, Zach, once again, I feel you are right. You do have a point. The preseason isn't the end-all, be-all. It's that first step in the evaluation process. But because it's not 100% game plan with the team's best offense versus a team's best defense, you're not going to see the true potential of these guys right away in any sort of capacity whatsoever. Yeah, uh, let's keep it moving, I guess. Uh, it's Zach Wilson, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Woo. Yeah, I mean, Austin, Austin's loving it over there. Uh, cool. Before we move on to any surprises and week two, I, I really wanted to, to throw it to you guys. Is there anything else that really stuck out to you like, wow, like this guy impressed me. I, I really want to see more of him. Or even on the flip side, like, okay, this guy doesn't look as good as I really thought he would. And there's there's reason to be concerned here. I think just we were just talking about half of them. The whole class of QB debuts this weekend, I think they all played great. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't really think we saw any terrible quarterback play or anyone that was really that bad this weekend. Uh, Tim Tebow got cut today. He looked terrible, but other than that, <laughs> I'm not really too sure there's anyone that was that bad. So on my part, I didn't watch too much preseason. I'm very big on, you know, kind of getting reports after and then going back and looking at stuff. If I find stuff interesting, but we did happen to have our fantasy draft the other night and the Jaguars game happened to be on. And I thought that um, Trevor Lawrence was interesting, especially with his first snap being a sack and him almost losing the ball. But I think that he's going to go through some growing pains, but I think he's going to be a very capable starter come week one because, sorry, Gardner Minshew, I don't think you're going to be seeing much of the field this year. Yeah, and, and with Urban Meyer – having that college estique quarterback competition by not naming Trevor Lawrence the starter off the bat when I think everyone and their mother really understands that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted him number one overall to be their quarterback of the present uh, and future. It's just, it's very funny to see how uh, Myers operating. So moving on to some surprises, I have one written down here, and I don't know if you guys have anything written down, but just from watching some of the Jets game the other night, Ty Johnson really looks explosive. And 
this is a guy that was a bit of a journeyman. He went from Detroit to the Jets, and he had some flashes in the Adam Gase offense, which is like an oxymoron if I've ever heard one in my life, considering the Jets Frank dead last in every single offensive category last year. But in this new zone run scheme, Johnson looks explosive, decisive, and finding holes. He ripped off a few runs for eight-plus yards. And I think with that type of rotation that they're going to implement, especially with him, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, possibly Michael P. Ryan as well, I think that out of all of them, Johnson could have the most big play potential and be that, while not exactly similar to this guy, have the most potential to be the Raheem Moster lightning fast runner in this game and the the most big play potential out of the running back group. So that's something that really stuck out to me as a surprise. I, I guess I wasn't so sure what to expect from him, but really a, really a positive aspect from week one, the preseason for me. Is there anything else that uh, really stuck out to you guys? Uh, I did not watch much of the Jets game, but another running back that I liked was uh, Devin Singletary. You know, we've heard him and Zach Moss. We don't know who's it going to be this year. But for Singletary to have the game he did, I mean, he had eight carries for 42, and then he had one catch for a touchdown. Uh, two of those, he had two of eight of his runs were like over 10 yards. So that's where he got most of it, but that's how football works. So. Can't be mad about it. Uh, his one catch, he was wide open, ran in for a touchdown. Once again, that's how football works. He had a great game. Uh, if he keeps it up, maybe he'll get that number one spot again. We'll see how how it goes from here on out. That's why I didn't trade you for Zach Boss, Austin, that right there. <laughs> but beyond that, I thought, I mean, I did check in the Eagles game because it's my team. Joe Flacco, baby. Like he had a good, he had a good little, he had a good little series out there. Obviously, the eighty-yard touchdown looks doesn't look as good off paper when you watch his Quez Watkins just running through the entire team. But in truth, the Eagles team looks good. But as you guys know, I take preseason with a grain of salt. I thought some of the receivers looked a little better. I'm excited to see Demarcus Smith really get out there and see how much of the stigma should show with him talking about, oh, he's only 160 pounds when there's 320-pound linemen that are going to tackle him. I mean, we're going to see. He didn't need it in college, but the NFL is a whole different animal compared to the college game. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great segue because going into week two of the preseason, with there only being three weeks of the preseason this year, I think this is the week you will see most of the starters being played for the longest period of time. So with that being said, my main expectation, what I want to see is more development for young guys. Zach Wilson is facing a pretty good pass rush in Green Bay. So that's an example where I want to see him develop more. If he goes through a struggle in one series, how does he respond the next? How does he look processing reads against another different defense? With a guy like, Justin Fields, how does he build upon his first game? Does he improve in every aspect that he struggled in and continue to build on his strengths? Or does he regress to the mean and show 
more signs of being a rookie that needs to sit a little bit. Same goes with Trey Lanson. How does he respond to his first game? Does he improve? Does he show more signs of life that may force Kyle Shanahan's hand? So that's really an important thing for me. And I guess the other thing I'm looking for in week two, are there any more under the radar guys that pop? Is there a running back that's a backup that makes a team go, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to give this guy a second look about keeping him on the roster if he's on the bubble. Is there a receiver that is really a relative unknown that pops for an 120-yard game with a touchdown or two? These things do happen in the preseason, and there is history of guys putting this stuff on tape, maybe getting cut by that team that they're with currently because there's just not enough roster room or they're not a fit they catch on with another team and become a very productive player. So these are the things I'm going to be watching, especially during this week two of the preseason. So tossing it to you guys before we move on to our second topic of the day, is there anything that you guys are specifically keying in on for week two of the NFL preseason? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't talked about the Steelers yet, so I'm going to. Uh, the backup quarterback battle is electric. Um, Ben's not going to see the field. I, I mean, I hope Ben doesn't see the field <laughs> all of preseason. Uh, you know, he's dealt with injuries in his career more than enough, so don't need to see that. But Dwayne Haskins had a day, lit up Maddox Eagles. Uh, 16 for 22, 161, and that touchdown. Yeah, he's, he's been a beast since he's, since he's got here. He had a great Hall of Fame game. I mean, not great, but for Dwayne Haskins, for what everyone said about him, he's he's going to be the QB too. Mason Rudolph, I'm sorry. Get out of here. Dwayne Haskins, you're the man. Um, And he's from Ohio State. OH, baby. Maddox, any, anything you're looking forward to going into week two? I mean, I just want to see just – performances and I think the battles are the most interesting part of preseason not even preparing my own team because I mean I know uh, our coach will not name Jalen Hurts a starter but if he names Joe Flacco the starter the entire city of Philadelphia might try and burn him down (laughs) I mean would I be opposed to Joe Flacco a little bit would I hate it I would want to see how he played because he hasn't really been starting a starting quarterback in the NFL for a while but I think Jalen Hurts is the guy and I think he's got this year to prove it and as long as the Eagles don't try something stupid like trade for Deshaun Watson, it's Jalen Hurts' job to lose. I know, I know. We're not trying to bring up Deshaun Watson on the video. Do you want to see more of Jalen Hurts in the preseason? He only had seven attempts this week. Do you do you hope he gets some more snaps this week? I mean, I think he should probably get a little more because, I mean, he's what? He's got a sample size of seven starting games as an alpha quarterback. I mean, we've seen guys like that that have had seven great games or seven bad games be given million-dollar contracts and never seen the NFL again. I think we need to see more out of them. We know what Joe Flacco is going to give us at his age and what he's got, but Jalen Hurts could put this offense at a new level if he's given the chance. Yeah, I think those are some very valid observations. I really think that Jalen Hurts needs to have a few more reps considering he really – just like Jordan Love last year, didn't really have a full NFL offseason to really 
fully acclimate to the league and get his feet under him. So I, I think that getting a few more reps of live game action before the true lights come on will be very important. Austin, on your Steelers side, I think that Haskins is showing more than enough to be that Steelers backup. But who knows? Maybe Mason Rudolph will put up a good fight. How about Jeff Dobbs, baby? He can run. Never yeah. <laughs> but on that note, we will be back once week two preseason is done next week. So keep it locked and loaded to the show. And stay tuned for all the great football news that I'm sure is coming down the pipeline. So for our next topic, we don't got we don't get really have that much. It's more so position battles and injury news, but Something I really wanted to discuss a little bit was the quarterback battle between Locke and Bridgewater in Denver and the battle between Fitzpatrick and Heineke in Washington. I'll start on the Denver front. Personally, I thought that Drew Locke looked incredible, mainly that insane bomb to KJ Hamler in the Minnesota game and after that, he just continued to dice them up and down the field. I know that Teddy Bridgewater also looked good. So I feel like the main decisiveness of that battle is going to come down to the fact of how they do in practice and if one of them slips up in live game action. So I, once again, I think that one's pretty close. And that's really the one I've been paying attention to the most. Austin, I know that pre-show we were talking about the Washington quarterback battle as well what have you seen from there and how how are you feeling about that one is it leaning one way or the other or is it pretty lock and step between those guys right now well this week Heineke seemed to get more of the time but that's just obviously Fitzmagic is what 40 something (laughs) so he doesn't need the preseason as much uh they both played good Fitzpatrick, 5 for 8, 58 yards. Heineke, 9 for 15, 86 yards. Uh, and did Heineke get a rush? He had one for four. We know he can run the ball. We saw it first the Super Bowl Buccaneers in the playoffs and his first ever start. So Heineke, I mean, he's a shot in the dark. They gave him the contract this year to have him there. But as of now, I you'd think they're probably leaning Fitzmagic at first, and then they'll go from there. I don't think right now, stat-wise or anything, it's going anyone's certain way, but you'd think they'd just rock with with the veteran. Yeah, that's some great analysis there. Great to hear that there's a bit of a quarterback competition brewing up there. And moving on to the running backs, like you mentioned, Devin Singletary had a great game in week one of the Buffalo Bills preseason. Obviously, he is competing with Zach Moss there. Should be interesting to see how that goes because if you remember back to last year, Singletary was, quote-unquote, the starter, but Moss had a huge role within that offense. And more importantly, the Bills did not really run the ball whatsoever last year because, you know, Josh Allen became a superstar-type quarterback. Also want to touch on the Jets' rotation of backs. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson led the way. They received most of the first team reps in the first half. And Tevin Coleman and Michael Pirine mixed in a little bit as well. 
So is there anything else that you guys need to touch on and want to touch on any trivia that we want to give out before we bounce for today's show? I had a question. Uh, I was actually talking to Matt earlier. I asked him if Tom Brady were to leave Tampa Bay right now and go to any team in the NFL, where would you want him to go? Don't, don't say your own team though. Cause that's just easy way out. So uh, drop that. Answer in the comments to the listeners. Boys, what do you, I want to hear what you got to say. Let's, let's hear it. Um, I think Brady would choose to go to whichever team he said. Um, I can't believe they chose to stay with that word that no one should say. Just to prove it again that he's better than everyone else. I think that would be it. That's a good answer. I don't know what team it is. Unfortunately, we don't know because I think it's Derek Carr, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, that, that would be my guess, too. Uh, Brandon, give me your answer, then I'll tell you mine. Now, is this where we want him to go, or is this where we would think he would go? Where, where would you want to see him? Where would I want to see Tom Brady? See, that's a very interesting question to me because I, I think it's just – I think it's just very interesting. But I'm going to give a little bit of a – Possibly controversial answer. I would want to see him in Tennessee. I would oh. want to see him in an offense with a dominant force like Derrick Henry, having two dominant forces in AJ Brown and Julio Jones, kind of replicating the type of weapons he has in Tampa Bay, but also adding on top that dominant force in the backfield. Because with Tom Brady's talent level and IQ, combined with Derrick Henry's essentially godly ability as a running back, combined with A.J. Brown's insane ability and Julio Jones being a superstar wide receiver, I think that offense would borderline on basically being near unstoppable. But that's just me. I, and I, I, I also recall that that was a possible destination for Brady when he was a free agent. Obviously, so was L.A. with the Chargers, but they drafted Herbert, and I think they're thrilled with him right now. But it's a very interesting question to think about. I think that Brady is that type of guy where he could go to the team you would least expect. I mean, I know no one thought he would actually go to Tampa, but he did. He won a Super Bowl with them, and it's pretty cool to see how he's completely changed up his image from – the old villainous New England quarterback to the hip, cool, and uh, exciting Tampa Bay quarterback. So very interesting question to end the show today, Austin. Uh, before we head out, I'll uh, give you my answer. I was, I was going to say Houston. Throw, throw this man in the bottom of the bucket, the deepest of darks, wherever. Put him at the worst team in the NFL, and let's see what can this man do. Can he bring Houston a championship? Because if he could, it would be immaculate. And you can't, you can't doubt him. You can't doubt him. You can't say you can't go to Houston and not. You can't put zero percent on it. You know? It would always have to be a percentage. That is yeah. a very true point. Great question. Leave your replies in the comments or send in a voice message over Anchor of what you would do or what team you think Brady would go to if he had the opportunity. But on that note, thank you guys for joining us on another great episode of Across the Pylon. 
Like I mentioned at the top of the show, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We have a new TikTok up today is displaying our immense abilities in football and basically explaining why we are doing this podcast instead. Also, find us wherever podcasts can be listened to. What does that mean when I say it? Well, we are on Spotify. We are on Anchor. We are on Google. We are on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Wherever you can listen to a podcast, we are there. Except YouTube. That'll come in time. But I promise that'll be up soon. So for myself, Zach Maddock and Austin Kane, thank you guys for joining us on another great episode. And we'll catch you next time.